Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome back to the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I feel so weird (laughs) sitting here talking to you right now. I have to admit right off the bat, I am a little bit hungover today, (laughs) which never really happens to me. I honestly can't remember the last time I had a day where I was feeling the effects of going out the night before. I mean, I I think it must, it must have been a, it must have been years ago. I don't know. Maybe you guys can remind me, but, um, I had a, had a really hilariously awesome, strange, wild night out dancing last night, which is just something that I never really do anymore. I'm, I'm guessing it's age and motherhood and, you know, life having changed a lot. I was never really a going out you know, drinking type of person. I really enjoy having a glass of wine at home. And usually if we ever drink something, it's on the couch watching a movie. And last night I was meeting up a friend to go have a glass of wine. And then suddenly it was 4 a.m. and I was still dancing. It was so much fun, so much fun, so much fun. And I was even telling Dennis now, man, I don't think I can record the podcast. It feels like, it feels like the, the podcast is so sacred you know, I always, before I, before I record, I take a moment to ground myself. I sit down, close my eyes, breathe deeply. And sometimes I set an intention for myself before I record. Sometimes I just, you know, press play and I just share. But I said, I feel almost like ashamed. Like, is it okay for me to record this podcast feeling hungover? Like I did something bad, you know? And it was kind of interesting for me to, to just entertain that conversation that I have with myself inside of my own head of what's bad and what's good, what's okay, what's not okay. And uh, I had such a fun time. It really, really was such a fun time going out. And somehow the next day I have this feeling like, ooh, like I shouldn't have done that. You know, like I'm, I don't know, like I should be ashamed to, to say on the podcast that I was drunk last night. Like it's this horribly bad thing. And actually it's not at all. You know, I think it's, it's, kind of cool that I can be 31 years old, be a mom, live this kind of life and still just go out and dance and have fun like once in a while. Like what's, what's, what's terrible about that? But I obviously have this idea within myself that that is not something that an adult does, or that's not something that a mother should be doing. And, you know, it's, it's like, it's easier for me to share, you know, talk about yoga or therapy or meditation or healing. Like those are the things that are okay for me to venture in toward, but to go out and get wild and crazy, like, no, I can't can't talk about that because that's shameful or something. And I I just (laughs) wanted to start this podcast right off the bat, just like, hey, like that's, that's where I am right now. And how many of those conversations do we have with ourselves every single day? These ideas that some have been instilled in us from, you know, society, some have been instilled in us through growing up from our parents, from our family, friends, and some of the ideas we have about what's good and what's bad, we tell ourselves, right? And I think it's it's an interesting thing to just get really present with those stories, 
to notice whenever you have that voice in the back of your head go, ooh, like that's not something you should be doing. Like that is a bad thing and this is a good thing. Or even the kind of labels we put on ourselves. Like this is the kind of person I'm supposed to be and I'm supposed to be that person all the time. I <laughs> almost have a I almost have a hard time these days just because I'm so very present with everything that's moving inside of me and that inner conversation of, okay, here's how I feel good. Here's how I don't feel good. Here's when I'm triggered by something. I'm just, I told a friend yesterday, I kind of feel like I'm at some sort of boot camp or <laughs> I'm at like a, a healing retreat, but I'm on I'm on my own at my house, almost like I told her, I, I think I'm having an existential crisis on purpose because <laughs> I'm choosing to do this kind of work. I'm choosing to dive really deeply into my own psyche and my own heart, my own emotions. And in some ways, it's also exhausting, you know, to try to live with that kind of presence all the time and to dissect and to contemplate and inquire into everything all the time. But yeah, that's where I am. So maybe I just needed a night to blow off some steam and not think so much and not feel so much and just dance. Like that's really what I, what I, what I got to do last night. So kicking off this show, just on the topic of, of doing what we do, being who we are, enjoying ourselves. I would love to have a moment just to ground. I mean, definitely, <laughs> definitely I need it. So wherever you're at, if you're sitting down, how about we uncross our legs for a moment so that we can feel the soles of our feet rooted onto the floor. I always cross my right leg over my left. I try to even that out by crossing the opposite one just so I have a little more balance within my body. But one of those things to try to be conscious of, especially if we're having a moment to center ourselves, is to find a level of balance physically in the body just sitting here. So uncross those legs and then as your feet touch the ground, see if you can increase your connection to the floor just a little bit. So actively using your legs to press the soles of the feet down toward the floor and feeling that connection of the earth beneath your feet. And noticing right then, you can close your eyes if you like, just that sensation of earth beneath you. So I'm barefoot right now. I have a shaggy carpet under my feet. I can kind of feel the texture of that and just get really present around the sensation around my feet, the soles of my feet, arches of my feet, and all 10 of my toes. And then you do, you do that too. So whether or not you're wearing shoes or socks or you're barefoot, just noticing the feeling of grounding in that sense. And then from that place of feet firmly planted on the ground, Let's take a really deep, full breath in. Open the mouth and let go. Let's do that again. Inhale in through the nose. Out through the mouth. And getting very, very present with being right here in the body. Noticing what that feels like. And just sensing if there's anything special moving through the body in this moment, any specific type of energy or feeling or sensation. And if so, where is that happening in your body right now? You can bring some awareness to the breath. So breathing in and out of the nose and noticing the quality of your inhales and exhales in this moment. Noticing the, the texture of the breath feeling of the breath and perhaps through that allowing yourself to also deepen the breath just a little bit more and then from there taking a moment to feel into and also listen to the beating of your own heart what is your heart telling you in this moment really drop in what is your heart telling you in this moment what does it feel like to arrive here, to be here now. And perhaps your next breath can be drawn into your heart space, just opening that doorway a little bit into your, into the emotional container of the heart. So you can give yourself a moment to just feel. 
And whatever is there, we'll give ourselves a moment to just let that be. The most important practice of all, so the most challenging practice sometimes, is to just let what's here be the way it is. So whatever you're feeling, if it's joy, acknowledge that, witness that, and feel that joy. And if you're, what you're feeling is pain or sadness, then allowing that, witnessing that, feeling that, just being present with that pain or with that sadness. So just for a moment, whatever is here, let it be. Let's take another big breath in. And take a moment to pause, holding the breath at the very top. And now open the mouth and exhale. And you can gently flutter your eyes open. So this, this practice of feeling, feeling into where we are, how am I doing right now, giving ourselves space for that to expand. This is really it for me. This is the practice that I'm that I'm immersed in these days. It's, it's my yoga off the mat. It's my non-structured meditation practice, but all throughout the day. And normally I don't live my life that way. Normally it, it takes usually some serious amount of struggle or a feeling of uneasiness or anxiety or maybe even pain or something big for me to actually realize, oh, hey, okay, wait, I'm not okay in this moment. Let's, let's take a moment to, to talk about that or to share that or to feel into that. But it's not one of those things that I normally do all throughout the day, every day, especially when I'm doing fine, right? When I'm having a normal day or when I'm doing really good. Uh, it's, it's the beauty of having hard moments in our lives is that it opens up the doorway for us to inquire and learn more about who we are or why we are the way we are, or at least expanding that container of the heart, which means that we start to expand our ability to feel and we're able to hold a wider spectrum of emotion the more we practice. But now what I'm doing, and it's, it's, it's through this, this strange purposeful existential crisis that I'm in and I have been in for the past year or so is that I'm, I'm doing this all day. Like I wake up and immediately I check in. Okay, how, how am I feeling here? Hmm. And I've had a couple days where I've woken up in the morning not feeling good for whatever reason. I I've had a cough or I didn't sleep well or I've had moments of waking up like, ugh, kind of. And then immediately dropping into, okay, how am I feeling? Knowing that I don't even have a story to attach to yet in terms of what's happened that day because I just opened my eyes. And still, already, something's there, right? It's something lingering from the day before or something present moving in my heart already. And whatever I encounter there, it's in that really brief moment of closing the eyes and just, okay, what's up? How am I doing? Whatever I encounter there, sometimes it's, it's easy yeah, sometimes it's, oh, actually, you know, I feel pretty fine. Like it's this mundane feeling almost of, eh, you know, don't feel anything big that I can attach to. Sometimes it's, man, it's joy. Like I feel happy to be alive, just excited, just energized, you know. And sometimes it's it's harder to be present with what's there because the feeling is 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 not a pleasant one, right? So I'm feeling anxiety, for instance, a super hard emotion to hold whenever that comes around. And it's one of those things that, you know, we've never been taught how to deal with hard things when they come our way. We don't, you know, get taught that in school. There's no one who really kind of guides us throughout our lives and, and, and lets us know or shows us or is an example of holding space for us or for us to hold space for ourselves. And uh, we're, we're taught so young that any uncomfortable emotion, you got to just rush through that, brush it off, get back to happy as soon as you can. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all-natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. 
It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OSEAMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Whenever I encounter that feeling of something challenging, like sometimes it's anger or it's envy or it's shame or it's sadness, grief, anxiety, whatever that is. It's almost like, it's like the feeling it's, it's like I'm wearing a shirt that's three sizes too small. You know, it's like, it's this restrictive kind of feeling of, oh, just, I don't want to be here. Oh, this, oh, it's really hard to just be present with, with those kinds of emotions. But the interesting thing is, and here is when, when it, it gets really kind of deep for me is, the moment I get to that place of, okay, you know, I feel anxious and I just allow for that feeling to be the way it is instead of, you know, when I'm not totally present with what I'm feeling, I can sense that I feel anxiety, but usually I kind of pulls me up into this very frantic mode kind of where I'm running around the house or I'm trying to fix things or I'm involved in some kind of drama or I'm fighting with my husband or, you know, I get a little frantic. It's like, it's hard to be still. And uh, I feel this need, like I have to fix something, change something, do something, or I go for a run or I go to yoga or I, you know, I, I try to do something to kind of change it, right? Like, let's get back to, to feeling good again. And it never works. This is what's so interesting. You know, I can distract myself momentarily if I feel anxiety and I just try to do something else. If I do something else long enough, eventually that feeling will kind of fade, but it won't completely disappear. And I really know this as a fact. If I haven't given it space or actually sat with it, processed whatever is there, it's almost like I'm just kind of putting the lid on anxiety. I'm not looking into why was that there in the first place? You know, what was the thought or the situation or the whatever came my way that triggered that? Because that's interesting, right? Like knowing, okay, that's my trigger like that happened I pick up picked up the phone that person told me so and so and immediately I went from feeling fine to feeling anxious whoa like that's a huge thing what was that you know what does that remind me of what's in that place so when we don't do that it's like put a lid on anxiety go about your day but it's going to stay there right it's going to stay there lurking somewhere in the body somewhere in your mind somewhere in your heart is this is this anxiety that you didn't feel And I think the next time it kind of rears its head again, it's not just the new anxiety of whatever came that day, but it's also all of the old. And this is how, you know, like mental health issues, it's how they develop. They don't just, you know, go from zero to a hundred in in one day. It's something that we build over time. I think it's really the, of course, many things play, play a role whenever we um, when, whenever we're not feeling well and a lot of things, of course, having support and feeling held and having a community and, you know, it's also genetic, a lot of this and, um, ancestral as well, family trauma, everything plays a part, but I really believe like I'm a total, total see this as truth as, as any big issues that we have around our mental health or, you know, eventually feeling totally depressed or feeling, you know, getting panic attacks, like all of those things, it's the buildup of all the things that we haven't allowed ourselves to feel throughout the course of our entire lives. So imagine, you know, when you were a kid, imagine you had some tools. Like imagine you you didn't have to stuff all of the things that, that are hard to feel. You didn't have to stuff them away or pretend like it wasn't there or suck it up or soldier on or just be okay, you know. You didn't have to live or walk through life with this kind of armor. Imagine there was space for you to feel something. 
Imagine when you were little, if you grew up knowing that, hey, actually sadness, it's not something bad or something to be scared of. Actually, it's just an emotion, just like joy. You know, what if we grew up in a sense of having the capacity or having the container or at least a container that's growing so that we can feel all of the things that come our way, even when it hurts. Oh, man, I am so convinced that that this world that we live in would be entirely different. I think most of the the real issues that we that we have in this world, they begin on that inner level of the conversations that we have with ourselves. And how we're feeling in our own bodies is going to directly affect how we relate to other people, right? And if we have a really hard time relating with other people, if we're fighting with other people all the time, we're dropping into drama or gossip, or we can't trust people, we feel abandoned, maybe we are abandoning or we're doing things that we, we can't be trusted. We're kind of going in through those cycles of just having heavily negatively charged relationships. So at the end of the day, we feel really alone. And then it's like the circle just continues of we have no one to talk to, so we don't share. Hard emotions come our way. We stuff them under the surface and then it creates more tension, which feeds heavier things in the relationships that we have. And of course, with time, this grows into this big beast of, you know, terrible things come out of that. Terrible things happen in this world, like abuse and trauma and abandonment and separation and so many of the heavy things that a lot of us are survivors of, you know, happen to us because people didn't have a safe space to feel something. I don't think anyone is born bad in this world. You know, even the people who are, who've done horrible things in this lifetime, I don't believe that there's such a thing as a, as a bad child. You know, I think we're all born in this total place of, of light and love. And then some of us have a lot of support and a lot of tools and some of us have none. And of course the trauma and pain and abuse that is inflicted upon us when we're little, we're going to grow up and do the same or worse because it's all we know. So it's like at some point, <laughs> and obviously, you know, if you look at a huge scale, you know, of course this all relates to why the world is the way it is, why we have these massive global issues in terms of, you know, having an entire humanity that doesn't know how to take care of this planet, doesn't know how to take care of each other, doesn't know how to, how to live a life of, of peace. Like we don't know that as a society at all. And I think we can start kind of scratching at the surface of trying to fix things from the outside. But as long as we're not doing the work on the inside and we have that same pain there, that this world is going to continue to be a reflection of that. It, it is. I don't believe we're going to see any huge sustainable change in the outside world until we have created or at least begun the journey of that sustainable change on the inside. And that means, you know, we got to work on our shit. <laughs> it, it means we have to do the work. It means that it's not just, you know, shouldn't be just a privilege to be able to, to do this inner work, this inner healing, to, to deal with your traumas, to deal with the pain that you've seen in your lifetime. For you, of course, to feel good, for you to heal, for you to have peace in your heart, peace in your life. But actually, it's, it should be a responsibility that we all do that, that we all do the work that has to be done. It's going to be the only way to change, to change this world. And the more I do this practice, the more I really think like, what if we grew up that way? You know, what if, what if we, like you listening to this podcast right now, me sitting here recording this podcast, talking to you right now, what if this generation, us, we are here to set a new president for our kids. We are here to raise our children differently so that they'll have a different kind of start to life. I, 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 I so believe this to be true. I so believe this to be true. And of course, the, the hard part about this, and I'm very immersed in, in the idea of conscious parenting right now, but the interesting part about this is, is, is I cannot you know, teach my, my daughter how to do this work if I am not doing the work myself. And that's why having those moments every day of closing my eyes, dropping in, feeling into my body, into my heart, and then coming across those challenging emotions and just letting them be there. It's almost like, oh, you know, every time I do that, every time I, I drop into that place of, okay, here is what's present inside of me. 
it's as if I'm, I'm taking a big broom and I'm sweeping out the cobwebs of whatever yesterday was. It's, it's, it's a clearing out somehow. It's, it's sitting with that emotion, is processing that emotion, whatever the emotion is. And when we process, we release. That's how it goes. So anything that we want to heal, we have to feel, have to, have to, have to feel. And what's amazing is that the more I do this, it's still hard, right? It's going to continue to always not be a fun and great and easy thing to, to sit with your own anxiety, you know, or to feel grief or to feel sadness or remorse or whatever it is, those hard, hard things. It's always going to be a challenging thing. But the more I do it, the, the greater my capacity to hold it next time becomes, so it, it's almost like, have you ever had that feeling of, I don't know if I want to, if I want to do this kind of healing, because I'm, I'm scared of what's gonna, what's behind that door, you know, if we put enough stuff kind of in our basement, you know, we put all of our pain there, we put, put all of our fears there, all of our traumas there, all, all the horrible things that have happened to us in this lifetime. It's like we stuff it in the basement, close the door, lock it, throw away the key. And then one day, inevitably, you are going to find yourself feeling this sort of like, like an itch that you have to scratch. It's like, I, I, I think, I think I got to find this key again. I think I got to, I think I got to maybe think about one day opening this door to see what's down there because I, ha I haven't looked at it in so long. And the, the feeling becomes that if I open that door, it's like opening Pandora's box. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to come pouring out of this fucking basement. All the ghosts of <laughs> every person past that I put in there, you know, all the pain. It's like the feeling is it's going to overwhelm me to the point of I'm going to drown. You know, I, I, I don't know if I'll, if I'll be able to, to manage. So it's, it's easier to, to keep the door closed. It is. And then, you know, with time, we're going to see how keeping all of that stuff hidden away, it starts to, it starts to hurt. You know, it starts to show up in different ways in our lives where we see how limited we are. Or perhaps by shutting down a piece of our heart, we're also shutting down our ability to actually feel love, our ability to feel positive things, our ability to feel held and supported and all those things. It's like, it's very hard to shut down just a piece of your heart. Like decide, I don't want to feel the pain, but yeah, bring on the, the joy and the gratitude. No, it doesn't work that way. As soon as you shut just a piece of your heart down, you are shutting down your whole capacity to feel the beauty of this life too. So what I'm getting at is that that urge to open the door, follow that urge. And I think it comes our way in times in life when we actually have the abilities and tools to do it. We're not going to feel the longing to heal or uh, kind of that urge to, man, okay, there's something I have to look at here until we're ready for it. And it's almost like life knows when you're ready and suddenly you're faced with an opportunity to look at something, to heal something, to work on something. And then making that choice of, okay, yeah, I don't have to throw this door open and jump headfirst into this scary basement, but like I can, I can, you know, figure out where the key is and like put the key in the lock, maybe crack it open a millimeter just to bring a little bit of space, you know, a little bit of light into that place. And what's amazing is that every time we do that, every time we, we feel one of those emotions that we've hidden down there, even if it's just a little bit, like it's like a second of, okay, here I am. And then we can close the door again and kind of go about our day. The next time you do it, you're going to be able to sit with that for like a second and a half, you know, and then you do it again. And then suddenly the things that felt like they were so scary that we couldn't even look at them. We realized that actually, you know, it, it, it's not that bad. Yeah, it, it's hard and yeah, it, it's heavy, but you know, it's not going to kill me. You know, it's not going to drown me. Actually, I can little drops at a time begin to look at whatever it is I have chosen to escape or chosen to steer away from in my past and I can give myself permission to just allow that that came my way yeah that was my reality yeah and that hurt yeah and I can feel a little bit of that pain now so that I don't have to shut my entire heart down and having this daily practice of continuing to be as present as you can with yourself and your own emotional space 
Trust me when I say that this can absolutely change your life. Absolutely. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it gets really fun, I think, is when we start to connect the dots between feeling what we're feeling and something that came our way, right, as that happens. Like we start to connect the dots in terms of there are certain things that happen in my day that really trigger some intense emotions. And normally I don't even know why. I just all of a sudden, like it happens to me all the time, all of a sudden I just feel totally low. I can feel fine, great, normal, go about my day. And then suddenly I realize, hey, I'm, I'm, I feel totally low. Like I'm on the floor. I just feel heavy. Oh, it's like everything feels hard all of a sudden. And yeah, I can reach for the things I reach for, you know, which are kind of my, my go-tos. Like, oh, I'm going to need a glass of wine at the end of this day. Or man, like I want to have a Netflix marathon and like not think about anything. Or oh, let, let me like eat a chocolate cake or whatever is that like that go-to that I have. But when I get super present and go, hey, okay, wait, let's take a moment here. Close my eyes. Take a breath. I was fine just, just a moment ago. And now I feel this low. Like what? What happened? And then I look back. And sometimes it takes a little bit of finessing or kind of a little bit of detective work because we're usually not aware of our triggers and what actually brings us kind of over the edge into these these challenging things because it doesn't even have to be something big. Like obviously if someone walked up to you in the street and punched you in the face and that made you upset, you know, you have something to point at. Like, yeah, that person punched me in the face. I'm pissed off. But that's not normally how things go about in our lives. But the things that trigger us, that suddenly make us angry, that suddenly make us low, they're very subtle. And sometimes it's just the action of something totally neutral that has happened in our lives or outside that triggers a thought inside of ourselves, that triggers a feeling, that takes takes us down this big loop because it's something that we've experienced before or something that we're scared is going to happen again. So for me, for instance, I can have that feeling of feeling totally low and then I pause and I back up and I say, what happened? Okay, wait, I was baking, I was in the kitchen, I was feeling fine, dancing to the song and then, okay, wait, I got a text from someone and then I was on Instagram and then, ah, and then it makes sense. And then it can be something as simple and as totally neutral and even beautiful as I'm on Instagram stories and I see two of my best friends in Sweden like are out having coffee you know, with their babies, like having a, having like a totally normal afternoon. And they're like posting something cute on Instagram stories. And then inside of me in that moment, I have a trigger of, man, I feel left out. <laughs> and it's totally unreasonable, right? I don't live in Sweden. I live in Aruba. I live here by choice. I have a great life. I have good friends here too. All is fine. But it's like a little trigger of, man, I wish I was there. Like I miss them. I feel left out. And then the thought that came my way was, oh, they are like best friends now and I'm not a part of the group anymore. Like that's the thought that just came my way as I'm watching this really cute Instagram story that doesn't even mean anything. And then that thought, it's just a little thought like, oh, like I am not included. You know, they're better friends now. Like I'm not invited and I'm, you know, I'm a hundred thousand miles away. And that little thought of like, oh, like I'm not included there, sends me into a little spiral where suddenly I'm reminded of all the moments I had in my childhood, in my past, where I felt excluded, right? Where I felt all alone, where I felt like I didn't have any friends in school when I was bullied, when I was young, all those things that happened in my past that led me to this absolute total fear of abandonment. Like there's a wound there, you know, and just watching that little Instagram story triggered a thought that made me feel not included. And all of a sudden, this feeling of total heaviness and kind of sadness has just filled my entire body. And I don't even know how it happened. <laughs> and I can laugh at it now because it's just, it's so obvious. It's so silly in a way, but then also it's absolutely not. So the moment I get that present and I can actually sit with that and go, hey, oh, okay, now I get it. I had that thought. I saw the Instagram story. I had the thought. I became super sad. Okay. And then I can actually get present with, well, what's, 
let's do a reality check. Like, hey, Rachel, like little reality check. That thought that you just thought you're not included, you're not invited. Is it true? You know, is it actually true? And it doesn't take very long to realize that, no, of course it's not true. Oh my God, it's so far from true. You know, I have so many friends all over the world. I talk to them all the time. It's a wonderful thing that my friends are friends with each other. And I know it's, I, can, I can go to Sweden at any moment and just come right back to my family and friends there. Like nothing has ever, like I never left. Like I have a lot of love and trust in those relationships. They're beautiful, right? There's nothing for me to feel fearful of. And there's no reason for me to actually feel in this moment from this reality to feel left out. And then, you know, I can be kind to myself in terms of, okay, yeah, like it makes sense that you feel that way because you're reminded of something from when you were little. Okay, but now in this reality, it's not true anymore. Hmm. And I can take a breath, clear out that thought with the, with the realization of the fact that, yeah, it's not, it's not true to this moment. It's not true anymore. And I can just exhale and let it go. And then suddenly I'm back in the kitchen and listening to my music and dancing and baking and, and I'm, and I'm having a good day again. Right. So it's so intricate, this kind of work and yeah, time consuming. But once you start doing it with time, it becomes almost like second nature kind of. So this is what I mean when I say it's like I'm having, having an existential crisis, but it's on purpose because I'm choosing to do this work. And what it does is that it's like I have a level of, of presence infused in my day-to-day that I normally don't have. And being able to make sense of all of these triggers, of all of these feelings, it enables me to somehow just be who I am in a sense in every moment of the day and realizing how much time I've spent in my life not listening to this voice in the back of my head that tells me things or not recognizing these triggers and just going through the motions and suddenly I'm anxious, I don't know why. Suddenly I'm angry, I don't know why. Suddenly this happens and I'm acting out and it's like I don't have any control of anything. And by just being present with it, it's not really changing everything in terms of like, I still feel these feelings, they still come my way, triggers still come my way, but I can make sense of them. I don't feel like a crazy person anymore. I don't feel like something's wrong with me because actually everything makes sense. And this practice is a healing practice. This is how, this is how we heal. And I think this is the same kind of work that, you know, similar kind of work that we would do with a therapist, with a psychologist, that we do in big healing groups, like, you know, taking that step to ask for help and support and wonderful to do this with, with, with a professional, 100%, highly recommend that. But knowing that we can infuse these kinds of practices in our day-to-day lives, right? Because that's when we're going to see an actual real change. So similar to, to this morning where I was, I was laughing with Dennis because yeah, I'm, I'm hungover, had a super fun time last night and entertaining that, that voice in the back of my head that tells me like, oh, I did something shameful. Like I was drunk, like that's terrible, you know, and then giving myself that, that, that space to, okay, I can, I can go into that, like a spiral of like, oh, I shouldn't have been out last night because that's a bad thing to do. Uh, you know, I'm not, it's not a mature thing to do. I'm, how can I be a good mom if, and be drunk? Like, you know, of course I wasn't with her, but just these ideas in my head. And then that can take me down a spiral of like feeling really shitty all day regretting that I was out last night, like beating myself up, you know, how can I oh, get out of this feeling? And instead of going down that loop, because I have no interest in beating myself up over something totally ridiculous and stupid, I give myself the space to just listen to, hey, okay, what's the idea here that's trying to get me into this negative space? You know, the idea is that I shouldn't be that kind of person. You know, I shouldn't be the kind of person who goes out and parties. I should be a mom that's always home. I should be asleep at 10 o'clock. I should be doing yoga 6 a.m. I should, I should, I should, I should, I should. When the reality is that I can be all of those things and also go dance to reggaeton at three in the morning and have so much fun. Like I can still be all the things that I have, that I am, all the things that I label as good and solid and mature and not always act how I'm supposed to act. And actually, in that moment, choosing myself, like 
totally, totally choosing myself by having a super fun, super fun night out. Like what a gift to give myself to be able to go and just have a whole night out dancing, having the best time. What an amazing thing to do for myself. And what if I could do that without any guilt, right? What if I could, if I could let the guilt go? So when I sit down and I process that thought, like, you know, does it mean I have a night out dancing? Does that equate to me being a bad person? Like, does that somehow relate to being a bad mother? Like, actually, those things that I'm thinking to myself, when I give myself that reality check, like, actually, that's not true at all. You know, it's old ideas that I'm entertaining for the sake of, of habit or, or something. You know, it's not serving me, not leading me any, and anywhere good. And just holding space for that to feel what's there. It's like, I didn't have to go into that terrible loop of beating myself up all day. It's just, I'm having a really fun day, <laughs> actually, being a little bit hungover, laughing with Dennis, you know, reminiscing of all the things that happened last night with my friend through WhatsApp. Like, it's like, it's it's been a really good day, but it could have been a harder day if, if I continued to beat myself up or if I didn't make the connection between what I'm feeling and where it came from. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. A really great example of this, actually, that I just thought of. So last night I was with my friend, we we're having a glass of wine, talking about these things, like literally talking about feeling our feelings, talking about this kind of practice. And we had just finished a conversation around the body and triggers where I was, where I was sharing that I'm trying to be really present with how my body reacts to certain things. And, and I can really sense, you know, I'll, I'll, like if I have a day and I wake up and my throat's super sore chances are that something came my way the night before or the day before. Like there's something lingering in my body that I haven't processed and it's showing up in certain ways. And not always. I mean, obviously like we can get sick and and, and, and things can be out of our control, but a lot of the times how we feel in the body and aches and pains and little things that show up, they relate to something emotional. They totally do. And I was sharing how, you know, I woke up with back pain suddenly and actually I had a really, really hard conversation with someone that week was going through, I was going through this thing, you know, and I could see after it had happened how, oh yeah, of course that, like I felt a lot of pressure. I felt this heavy weight. I felt like I had failed at something and yeah. And then suddenly I have pain in my back. I haven't had back pain in so long. Like I could make, connect the dots. And when I connected it, I could also work through it, right? So we just closed that conversation, start talking about something else. And I'm, I'm dealing with a, yeah, I don't want to um, share a name or anything on the, on the podcast, but I'm de dealing with a challenging relationship at the moment. And I start talking about this, this challenge that I have. And then immediately I, I just, I get asthma. I get, I got so much asthma that I had to reach into my purse. I was like, oh, I hope I brought my inhaler, which normally I don't bring my inhaler everywhere I go. I, I rarely like out and about somewhere, you know, just have to use my inhaler. Normally it's like if I'm sick or I'm having a, I'm allergic to something or if I've exerted myself super intensely or something like that, I'll, I might need, need my inhaler. But I was just sharing something about this relationship or this, this, this thing I'm struggling with. And immediately had so much asthma, like it just came out of the blue, reached into my purse, used my inhaler. And Katrina, my friend, she just looks at me, she goes, oh, well, look at that. <laughs> and it wasn't until I had the inhaler in my mouth that I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> like this asthma, you know, came from something. It's, it's reminding me of something. It's, it's po poking at something inside of me that's like, oh, I have something really deep there. 
that I'm working through right now. And it was almost like I could just put my inhaler down and laugh like, man, like we just talked about this and then we're here. And now, yeah, I, I here I am with asthma. Okay. Yeah. He still needed to use my inhaler. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So my question is for you, how can you get more present, not just with how you're feeling in this moment right now, you know, not just when you're in yoga practice or when you're doing your meditation practice or in those structured moments or in therapy with someone or, you know, how can you infuse the practice of being present with your own emotions all throughout the day, all throughout the day? And it, it's one of those things that it's it's hard to start because it feels like this kind of daunting thing or, you know, what am I going to do? Put an alarm on my phone five times a day or, or what? But once you start doing it, it becomes almost impossible <laughs> to feel a very heavy emotion, like especially the big ones, like anger, frustration, da, 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 and not immediately have something inside of you that goes, hey, 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 look at that, look at that, hey, hey, suddenly you're super frustrated, like what, what does that relate to? And yeah, sometimes it's going to be, you know, mundane things like we're frustrated with our spouse or someone's late or you're feeling rushed or, you know, yeah, a lot of that. But underneath all of it lies a whole web of super fucking fascinating things that, have, that are going on within you all the time. We are complex people. Man, being a human being is no easy task. And once you start looking at that, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's fascinating how things work and how actually nothing is random and everything makes sense. And the moment you realize like, oh, here is how I feel in this relationship, or here is how I feel relating to these kinds of people, or whenever I'm thrown into anything that resembles this kind of feeling or this kind of scenario that I was in when I was little, I drop into this kind of behavior all the time. And actually that behavior keeps people away. Or that behavior shuts me out from other, from gatherings. Or that behavior actually doesn't allow for anyone to really enter my life. Or that behavior means I don't allow love in. Or I don't try for new things. Or I don't believe in myself. Or we have all of these things that actually hold us back all the time. And in the end, we, we, we end up living in these kinds of boxes of here are the, his, this is the type of person I'm supposed to be. I, I could never do that. We feel totally held back, totally limited. We're looking for all of these things. Like maybe you're yearning for a loving relationship and you've been looking for that loving relationship for years, but somehow, you know, you keep missing the mark. Why is that not here? Why is that not here? Why don't I have this love in my life? And then you start looking at this web of just intricate detailed emotions and triggers and the thoughts we have about ourselves and judgments. And maybe you'll realize that, hey, actually, I'm creating this in my life. I think I'm looking for a romantic relationship, but actually I'm orchestrating my life in a way that no one will ever be let in, making sure I'll never be hurt again, whatever comes my way. No, no, I'm in charge. You know, shutting that part of our hearts down means that we won't have the capacity to actually invite all the beautiful things that make this life worth living. And you deserve a life living all the way. You know, you deserve to live in that full spectrum of feeling everything so that you can enjoy the magic of this universe, that true, real connection, that unconditional love, community, true friendship, health, well-being, balance. And knowing that all of those things, enjoying them fully, comes hand in hand with also feeling pain when pain comes your way, feeling sadness when it's there, experiencing grief and loss, abandonment, separation, shame, anger, knowing that all of these things are connected. And as human beings, we are here to feel it all. We are here to experience it all. And you are worthy of being here with your all. <laughs> this, uh, this was an interesting podcast. <laughs> I would love to close by giving you not the challenge, but maybe just the gift of the practice of tuning in to yourself several times a day. And actually you can sit on the alarm on your phone. Why not? Or just make it your intention for the day. Okay. Anytime I feel anything challenging throughout my day, whenever I'm kind of rubbing up against something, like I feel frustration or anger or fear, whenever something big enough comes that actually it, it affects how I act, you know, or how I feel about my whole day, taking all of those moments as a little 
key to, okay, pause, close your eyes, take a breath and check in. How am I actually feeling in this moment? What's actually going on right here, right now? And then whatever is there, you just give yourself space to feel. Holding that emotion, expanding that container a little while, letting yourself actually process something or some part of what's going on there. And then perhaps you can connect the dots in terms of where did that feeling come from? What triggered this response inside of me? That's it. That's the practice. I'm excited about this practice. It's a lifelong practice for sure. And I feel it's taking us somewhere, somewhere absolutely beautiful. I have no doubt. We are announcing something in a couple of days. I am sharing a project in a couple of days that I've been working on for two years that relates to exactly this, that, that is a tool that you can use on this journey. If you feel like you need more support, something more structured that, that you can really use in your day today to continue to open the doors into those areas of your life that you've kept hidden away so that you can continue healing, feel a part of the whole, feel supported and know at the end of the day that we are all doing this work together. What you feel, I feel too. What you've been through, so many of us have have been through as well. And you never walk this path alone. Thank you so much for listening. I love you from the bottom of my heart. I truly, truly do. Yoga Girl Podcast will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Ritual, and Agent R Block. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.